I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so I'm down in the mic. They said they couldn't hear us. Well, no, it's, so a lot of you have, by the way, we love feedback. So some of you have said we've been a little uneven on our sound. We hear you. We hear you because we want you to hear us. So I, I we're think working it may on be the set. I mean, we're down, we're out literally where there is no civilization. I mean, this is, this is like. The fact we're able to do this from where yeah. we're doing it is pretty amazing. I mean, so Phil we, lives in like a chasm of the civilized world that this place is almost forgotten. You know, I mean, when I come down here, I feel like I'm a million miles away from anything technical. That's well, why, that's why if you gather up, you know, a few rednecks, and they're expounding on, they're not looking intently into things like perfect audio. <laughs> we, we, we're saying they hear us. You know, but we I'm, don't want to take away from people listening. Right. But Phil has the thing where he does. I mean, this may be like an intervention for you, but I'm, <laughs> at this point, I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up. <laughs> Phil has a way where he's like he uses directional, misdirectional dialogue. So, and you've seen him do it. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll be talking to you, but looking at me. He's actually dealing with your problem, but he's doing it by talking to me. Yeah, I've or seen his him do problem that. with you. So, I which do it all is the time. bad for a mic because you're like talking to this guy. Yep. <laughs> and. Well, one of our so, sound engineers said that he called it. He didn't just say it was Phil. He called it the Robertson inflection that, you know, we can be talking along. Then all of a sudden we get fired up about something and we just get loud. Yep. Of course, you you were the author of that. You, you put but it people in down here in the South, I mean, they're talented. I've seen people talk before and never move their mouth. I mean, they're like, and a cigarette hanging out. Yeah. Right. The cigarette moves. It's like, hey, what, what are y'all doing out there, boy? You know, you know. Somebody was on a late night show one day, and he said, he said, down in the south in Georgia over there, he said, when you got a bunch of guys out there, right? He said, in Georgia, them old guys come up there, they said, what the hell are y'all doing? He said, their lips never move. What the hell are y'all doing out there? But the cigarette's hanging out. I've seen that before. That is a tough Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, we said all that said to their say. lips, their mouth never moved. Oh, just, we're we're working people. on uh, our unevenness. We're trying to we we don't want to distract from you know what we're talking about. So I mean, I think some on. of it. Look, when you go further south, I mean, you look at Coach O. You can tell, you know, they hadn't lost this year, but you can tell go when they go lost Tigers because you can't understand what he's talking about. Right. It's like go Tigers. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? what did he just say? Yeah. Yeah. People are looking at me and like, can you discern what he just said? And I said, I have no idea what he yeah, said, except for the, the important part was, go Tigers. Which is, you well, know, they, well, they Jay's, Jay says that he did, he, the reason his voice is the way it is is from yelling. Oh, he's I had think a coach so. his whole life, so he's like messed up his vocal cords. That's yeah. why he can't, you know. Oh, it's funny. They strapped Ole Miss the other night. Everybody was in panic because their defense was bad, you know. And uh, I told Missy, I was like, you know why that he used to be the coach at Ole Miss? And she was like, really? I was Because, like, you know, she, but she watches the LSU game. I said, yeah. I said, you know why they fired him? She's like, why? I said, because when he was at Ole Miss and he would do his post-game interviews, he would end it by saying, go Tigers. <laughs> and she's like, that is unbelievable. I said, babe, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> he actually fired him because he threw a chair through a plate glass window. I think <laughs> I think that's what got him. And uh, I think he like would take his shirt off before the game. Oh, and, uh, somebody said he hit himself and knocked himself out. Yeah, he would hit game. It, like he was firing them up, but knocked himself yeah. out. So. With age comes maturity. Well, so this dad, you're gonna love this. This is iTarget Pro. It's the combination of guns and cell phones. Well, why would he love it? Well, because he loves. This would be another reason for you to get your first cell phone. This would be a giant mountain for me to climb. (laughs) So, because you love guns, it is a brilliant idea. I can tell you that. All right, so so tell tell the folks now what they do. So you take the bullet, you put it in your pistol, and you take you take your live ammo out of there. Yeah, yeah. Be sure and do that. Just yeah, make sure you do that in your living room. So this you can get you know put it in your hallway down there and put that target up. And uh, it has a cell phone hooked to it, and you can true your pistol in. Or you- so you're aiming at your target, but you got an app that you download, and basically, you know, you're putting the dot on there, so it's telling you how it's saving you a lot of loud racket. That's right. Uh, okay. Hearing protection, and it's saving you on the cost of ammo. Well, when you pull the trigger, it doesn't. I mean, what what sound does it what make? What sounds it make? You know, probably something like pew pew pew. <laughs> I'm just trying to mimic a how computer, did, what a computer would sound like. How do like. you know so much about this? I don't know. I hear people have just got these. They make little funny sounds. I'm like. And they're practicing so you can actually target I've never practice. owned a cell phone. But this what might, am I missing? This may, be the first, this may be the first reason to have one to sight in your pistol, right? They keep Phil, it up. Now I'm, you're getting a true in your gun in. I'm like, well, hey. So basically, uh, the, guy, the guys at iTarget Pro have come up with the first dry fire training system that's what it is you don't have to have the loud shooting good for your ears because i mean i hate to tell you this you can't hear anymore too many shotgun blasts i know it it's basically a laser system that makes it work uh right now you can get 10 percent off plus free shipping if you use the offer code fill so basically you can try this for 30 days no risk a return if you're not happy. I guarantee it'll help. It saves you a ton of money on ammo. Oh, Phil says it's, it's a great idea. Oh, you circulate the bullet? Because I mean, most people can, have cell yeah, phones. You, you, you know, you I keep, don't. But you keep it going. Do. It's uh, basically itargetpro.com. The letter I, targetpro.com. The offer code is Phil. Check out on their website what all they offer. I think it'll be worth it for you. Uh, risk three, 30 days, 10% off if you do it today. You know what? This is the perfect gift for Sai. Perfect. Because it's not dangerous. That's and perfect. he has a cell phone now. Does he really? Yeah, he does. I have his oh number. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm getting him. Good gift. So I'm I'm in the voting line Saturday. You know, we voted uh, for governor. So I walk in there looking about the way I do now. And uh, there was this girl in front of me, uh, you know, had one kid on her, on her hip. You know, the other was grabbing her knee, you know, and I'm, I was like, well, that's awesome. She's, you know, carried two kids up here to vote, you know, because I always, I'm like, if you don't like what's going on, we have a, a right that, a that people died yeah. for that we get to vote, you know, yep. so I do it probably. Me too. So I walk in there and, you know, I was dressed in camo, so they were asking me hunting questions, you know. Well, the, the girl, she's like, well, he's not here. My husband, he's in Canada bear hunting and so i was like whoa i was like that's that's next level because i was talking about my wife calls this you know duck season open saturday this saturday and so i was like she calls it the ordeal and kind of has a look on her face like here we go three months of just 
you know, trying to survive this. <laughs> but what spawned in this conversation was I was like, I mean, I don't hunt things that can hunt me. Now, I don't disapprove of people who do. No. You know, I think it's noble. But one of the ladies that was like that you sign your name and she, you know, she's like, I guess, what are these people, volunteers, I guess? That, they get paid. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she said, well, I read somewhere where they, they dumped a bunch of black bear in uh, Louisiana. I said, oh, yeah, they're trying to bring them back. And so, and they said, they said, you know, when I read what you are supposed to do if you're encountered by a bear, she was like, that just didn't, that just didn't seem to jive. And I was like, oh, it don't. So I looked it up and I wanted to bring this up for the discussion today because I think as hunters and, you know, and based on Romans 1, there's an order of things. You have God, you have humans, and you have animals. Humans we view as protectors of our environment i know you agree with my assessment phil yep and when you get that out of whack when you put value an animal more than you do a human you know you have all kind of chaos in romans one but anyway i thought this was interesting i mean look look what here in louisiana and i'm, I'm sure other places this is what they say you should do if you're encountered with a bear. Number one, you can't shoot them because that's illegal against the law. So they'll put you in jail if you shoot the bear. So that's out. They're real clear on that. So they're like, so if the bear comes upon you, stand and face the bear directly. Never run away from or approach him. So you can't shoot him. You can't run away. And you can't and, go toward him. And you can't go toward him. So what do they say? I just curl up right. in a ball and wait. Next. <laughs> Make yourself look as big as possible by spreading your arms, or better yet, take off your coat. So pooch out your belly <laughs> and hold out, because that's, you know, your belly, make your beer belly bigger than it is, and yeah. maybe the bear will say, boy, that's a big belly. Yep. And or just be disgusted and walk away. Is, is the make, no, you can't walk away. Can't walk away. No, no, I'm saying the bear might walk away well, if yeah. you can't run away. Look at your, what if you're just can't a, run anywhere. What if you're a small fella? You know? Yeah, what if you're Richard I mean, you're, Anderson? You know, your odds of being, you know, I feel that like you know, college football has an odds of you surviving or winning. You know, I'm like, if you're a little fella, according to this. You're 5'8", you weigh 150 pounds. You're I mean, probably fixing to How big can you, can you make yourself look? You know what yeah. they call that? A snack. Look, hey. I mean, this is from the Humane Society. With, you know, this is like, <laughs> I guess, legit. <laughs> Look, next, make as much noise as possible by yelling, banging pots and pans. Where are you getting these things from? Or using other <laughs> noise-making devices. The humane thing to do is let the bear eat you instead of you hurting the bear. That's, that's, the, that's the deal. Yeah. That right, doesn't seem look, humane at all. If, go ahead and next. cough it up and let him eat you because you don't want to kill him. I mean, this, it's this better is, if you get eaten. Yeah. That's the humane thing to do. So look, if the bear approaches and you have bear spray, I'm like, what? What is bear spray? Spray the bear as he approaches. So you're walking around with a can of bear spray. What do you put it in your back pocket, your coat? No, you put it in your pots and pans that you're carrying around All right, with your look pants. At this. In the very rare case that a black bear does attack you, fight back. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Don't play dead. He's, 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 he's on one of my legs and most of it's gone. 
and uh, I, I need to fight back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll be fighting the best I no. can. He has big claws on the end of his, you know, paws. Now, now listen to this. After the bear leaves, remove, <laughs> re- remove whatever attracted him. To the location. <laughs> they have some things. This is, you can't make this stuff up. Look, barbecue. Remove whatever attracted him. Yeah. You say, well, what about I was the one that attracted him? How do I remove me? How about I attach my leg back before I remove I'll just look. Be sure to take that with you because you don't want to. But look, here's what they say. Bur- barbecue grill, bird feeder, or garbage. So let's, look, now listen to this. Then call 911. Let's take care of the bear, whatever attracted that first while I'm bleeding and my, you know, insides have been my turned. In, my entrails are along the Now ground. we're going to wait and hope that the bear does not make a move until the personnel from 911 is on the scene. Well, you know we what don't hit hurt me? the bear. Look, you know what hit me when you call 911? You're now calling someone with a gun. Who, now, who will shoot the bear? Who will shoot the bear immediately? Because <laughs> if they, they attack a human, they shoot the bear. I'm like, why not just trust hunters? If you've hunted, if you have had a hunting license for five years, everybody should be cleared to shoot bear if they attack you. If they attack you, that's right. I mean, you are now professional. Because look, when I lived in Yuppieville up in town, every time there was some kind of animal problem, guess who they called? Me. Because they had no idea what to do. We have a coon with rabies that's attacking our dog. The kids are scared. You know, they call me. Remember, they called you about the beaver that was cutting everybody's trees down. They called me about the beaver. They had a a, a rabid dog. You know that. Guess what? They call me. I took care of it in less than sixty seconds in every case. It's because I realize God's given us a responsibility. At some point, you got to trust humans to do the right thing. That's what we do as hunters. So our good friends at uh, Keeps, we've been talking about wanting to keep your hair. Uh, and so they got a big uh, Cyber Monday sale uh, that's coming on. Cyber Monday, for, for I'm sure you don't know this, Dad. I don't either. Is Well, you got Black Friday. You've heard of that. The day after Thanksgiving, everybody goes. They run the Walmarts, the box stores. Where you know. the women's stampede. I didn't exactly. know it was called Black Friday. Black Friday is what they call it because it puts businesses in the black. So now they have Cyber Monday, which means all the stuff you could do at the box store on Friday on Cyber Monday, you can hmm. go online and get all these okay, savings. Well, so I wasn't aware of that. There you go. So we, we, we we're helping train people by understanding Cyber Monday. So basically the Keeps, who is our, our friends that are going to help us from losing our hair, uh, they have a, a 60% off Cyber Monday sale. So you want to listen up for this. If you're like me and you're beginning to get a little thin on the top, then you want to be able to check out some of their products to be able to help you keep your hair. I saw a ball guy at a wedding, uh, at Sadie's wedding, and he said, you know, he was he was stroking the top of his head, and he said, you know, grass doesn't grow on a busy highway. And I don't know what that meant, but I thought, you're still bald. What does what that it, mean? I don't know. Uh, he said it proudly like that's I a good I haven't thing. been to yeah. a barber in 40 to 50 years. <laughs> And I still have all my hair. What does it mean? I guess barbers are the problem, you know. But for other people who would like to have that going for them, if they can take something that keeps their hair, keeps. 
it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah. So here's thing. what happens. If you if you go to their website, basically there's going to be a licensed doctor online. He's going to get the right treatment for you to be able to help keep your hair. Uh, don't want to miss this 65% off Cyber Monday sale. Get an online consult, 65% off. I mean, that's an awesome deal. That's more than half. When you think of the fringe benefits of having hair, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. It hides you better. Well, if you, you follow Jesus and you hunt ducks, you're liable to have your hair when you get older. If that doesn't work, go with these people. Yeah, I think your woman likes to run her hand through your hair, not necessarily stroke your right. The only time I didn't have any hair, that there was a lice breakout, you know, and I had to shave. And I'm telling you, I've I've experienced life with hair and without. With it is better. That's a whole other website for you. Go to keeps.com slash feel. Keeps, K-E-E-P-S, dot com slash feel. And find out how to get your 65% off. Check out Dr. Online. You can't beat it. Keep your hair. You know, it was interesting when I was reading this on the same site. They were like, you know, some people are proponents for hunting, which these people were against. And they're, look, you know what their reasoning was on why they don't think that that's a good thing? Because they're like, well, they're not hunting the bears that would actually attack people in parks in their homes. They're killing wild bears. So that doesn't even solve the problem, which I thought was the most ridiculous thing I've heard. <laughs> so I said all that to say this. There was actually in the Bible an occurrence in 2 Kings 2. I want to read this because we're talking about kings and kingdoms. And it made me think about this verse. Y'all probably know uh, where I'm going with this. This is 2 Kings. It's one of my favorite stories. I, it, it's, it's an awesome story. I mean, it's a, it's a rated R story. But 2 Kings 2 in verse... Is that 23? It says, from there, Elijah went went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some ewes came out of the town and jeered at him. Go on up, you bald head, they said. Go on up, you bald head. They was making fun of him because he was bald, which, look, I obviously, from looking at us, I prefer, you know, the hairy way. But, you know, I mean... Elijah, he could have had leprosy or something that was common with, you know, being bald, or maybe he just decided to, to go bald. But still, you know, they shouldn't have been making fun of him, right? And so in verse 24, he turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. I mean, he, he basically turned them over to the Lord because the Lord had summoned him to go to Bethel, which means, what does that mean, house of God? Mm-hmm. And uh, they produce a lot of good songs, by the way. And so then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the lads. And, you know, these are like young men, like a gang of thugs. And he went on to Mount Carmel from there and returned to Samaria. So I thought, you know, that's what happens when you're, number one, you get turned over to the Lord, start messing with his business. But number two, when you're not prepared for bear attacks. (laughs) Because I'm prepared. You're subject to a mauling. (laughs) Yeah. So what I get out of that, it's more important to be in close connection, have a relationship with the one who made the bears. That's number one, obvious. And actually, actually, uh, uh, Elijah, he turned around, he looked at them, these young ewes that were running their mouth, and he called down a curse on them in the name of the... So the curse was... Here comes a couple of bears. Well, the Lord did that. I yeah. Mean, you know, he, yeah. he didn't. I mean, he just turned them over to the Lord, and the Lord said, here's two bears. I know he uses weather to bring 
the human race into line. Uh, and now we've, we've identified a Second Kings 2 where he does use animals too to, for his to will do to his be done. Well, to read between the lines, I was inferring that a lot of people who persecute people who worship and follow God, they also say and write things that I just read about what to do when a bear comes. It, it's so ridiculous. You know, it's like the guy, remember the guy who, who lived with the bears for like three years and document. Yeah. I mean, it's like he had a campfire and the bear, he had chairs oh, yeah. for the bears and he's sitting there and they're, you know, singing they were Kumbaya. All, they were all friends. They were all friends. And guess what happened? He got torn into little bitty pieces by the bears. All that was left was his backbone. Yeah. So it was a fascinating story in our culture until that happened. And guess what? <laughs> they buried that. Down deep, the story, because it's just be, not be the careful. way God set it up. The the teaching would be: be careful who you make friends with. <clears throat> so that's that right. was my. Uh, that's right. I always said that I'm, was my voting booth uh, conversation, <laughs> which I encourage people to vote, but also encourage people to have conversations about the ridiculous nature of some of the things that happens in our culture in our environment, the animal world. And sometimes you just got to, got to stand up and say, that's just not right. You know, only Jay's could, could hear some woman say my, my husband's bear hunting in Canada and, and go down the path. Your mind is a whole. Well, I'm saying the woman sitting at the boat voting booth (laughs) is the one that brought it up. (laughs) She said, well, I hope a bear doesn't attack me because according to the law, we can't shoot him. I said, you call me, I'll shoot him. (laughs) And she's like, well, that's that's against the law. I was like, well, I'm going to use my one phone call and call the Lord, and maybe the same thing that happened with Elijah may happen. Maybe the bears will show up. I think I would, I would just take my chances in front of a jury of my peers. I'm walking down the middle of the road in the middle of nowhere, and I look up, and here comes a grizz coming at me, you know, and I was armed with a high-powered rifle. What He's coming do? at me. What are you going to do? I would take my chances in court explaining why I blew his head off before he, when he got up yeah. there about 10 yards from me. <laughs> you sure you don't want to go with I set my rifle down, I picked up two pots. I think I would say blow his head myself. off now and then take it to court. If I, made myself, I made myself big. I made myself big. <laughs> and I didn't run. You know, they come, there's a famous joke about, you know, and it came from this kind of nonsense is that basically you, you run. If you're with a buddy, and because all you got to do is outrun him. Yep. When I used to teach at camp, I used this verse uh, in in First Kings two. When I would have unruly, you know, teenagers, I was trying to teach. You know, they wouldn't listen and they wouldn't pay attention. I'd go over here and I'd say, yeah. "Don't make me," because we we're in an outdoor setting. I said, "Don't make me call the curse," because they ain't no telling what the Almighty will send out of the woods. They didn't know that was in the Bible. You'd be surprised. Oh yeah, at how uh, uh, kids will react. I said, so my discipline text was that one. I'll call the Almighty down on you, and we'll have some bears come out. I here read this to it's both. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, I read that to both of my kids, my boys, along the way. And look, when I got asked to go, they had a troubled, uh, some a troubled class at school. When I got asked to go out there, this is what I went with because they were bullies. <laughs> yeah, and bullying is a major problem in high schools. No, absolutely. Today. It's and terrible. I, I was like, I tell you this, you you don't clean it up, and there's liable to be two bears come out of the woods. You know. They're looking, I mean, because it's a fascinating kids. 
this is interesting to them that's that right. that's in the Bible. You whatever, know, I see them looking like what? whatever. Whatever the situation, I would say common sense is a much needed quality in that's today's right. society. Common sense. Well, in a trust with people with guns. It's not the guns, it's the human heart. And at some point, you're trusting people with guns. Because what, what gets me at the end of all these things that, to me, just seem ridiculous, their answer is, we'll call somebody with a gun. Because we trust them because they went through a course or whatever. I'm like, you don't trust me? I've lived in the wild. been doing it my I, whole life. Yeah, I've managed, I understand when I see a raccoon with rabies, what needs to be done. I don't have to call somebody. I'm like, this right. raccoon has rabies. We need to take care of it. Because it's going to infect all our animals and everything yeah. we love. We take care of it, yeah. and we move on. That's a good point. So we're we're in a perfect lead-in, Dave. We're talking about kings, uh, and you were in Second Kings. Uh, Elijah and Elisha were prophets uh, that God put to speak truth to kings, because you know in those in those first few kings that were around in Israel had a tendency to do what happens today. They follow the political winds or their own desires about what they wanted to do, and they forgot that the Almighty had set up you know, Israel to do his bidding. So those, But it was always a tenuous relationship. And I always say, because I think Dad always has that sort of prophetic spirit about him, that prophets were usually not very popular. The kings didn't care much for them, although they had to listen to them because they were bringing the word of God. But the people didn't like them much either. And you saw that the case you're talking about with Elisha, because mm-hmm. you know, they were just – Straight up, they're going to tell you black and white. Here's what God said, and they didn't mince words. Because, they didn't. They didn't like the warnings. That's right, because typically they were about their behavior, right? Yeah. And Have you noticed? They didn't like the warnings, the rebukes, the the, the chastisement. That's right. You know. The, Have you noticed in your appearances around the fruited plain that? especially stuff we do on media and when you're on a talk show or so, have you noticed that people still don't like the rebukes? I've been called many unkind <laughs> names for just quoting scripture saying, just just think about that, right. like ravaging wolves. Because if God is real and he's true, then and you accept that, your life will change. That's right. And people, they don't want to change. So they attack the source, which is God, which I always found interesting, a passage, you know, Hebrews 13, 8, that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does it, it, It's not going to change. He is who he is, his nature, right. what he did on the cross, his resurrection, you know, him at the right hand of God. But even his character, is everything about him is good. But once you acknowledge that, well, everything in your life changes. Right. And and he's unchanging because it would have to be that way when you start thinking about eternity, because you 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 wouldn't want a God who all of a sudden changes who he is. You know, a million years down heaven, all of a sudden he becomes corrupt. Right. Well, this 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 is not going to work, and so that's why people attack because they don't want to change. So we are enjoying some of our Black Rifle coffee. Yeah, I'm not easily impressed, Al. This was this was my first. This is the dark roast, right? Yeah, this is the dark roast. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, really good. Uh, this one's called Murdered Out. Is is this one for us? But here's one's a lighter roast. Uh, this is Silencer Smooth. This seems, uh, you know violent exactly but well these are pretty you know these are pretty uh you know these guys who these are all veterans uh that make this coffee 
They're great guys. Uh, if you if you check out their website for Black Rifle, you'll see the kind of guys they are. Uh, they are the guys that uh, shoot the bad guys. You know those kind of guys. You and, meet these guys when you're around these guys. You know we've just from being on TV and then watching our show. We met a lot of these guys. You see why our country is so great. Exactly. I mean, it's the boys, kind of guys I love to meet. They're smart. They're tough. I, you know. It's uh, so you get to support that and and they make good coffee. I'm glad they kicked it up a notch. I mean, they got to have one brand that kicks it up a notch for people like me. And oh, that's Phil. right. You so got to cover that. So so tell them to send me a case of that. Oh, they're sending it. They, we're on it. You know why? Because we're a member of the. Coffee. I mean, I don't mind paying for well, it. Look, okay. No, we're a member of the coffee okay. club. So that's. The, I mean, well, the, well the, we're supporting the military. We'll do that. But look, here's what I want to say because people ask me like. Well, you drink strong coffee, and they're like, you know, what brand is it? Okay, we're trying this. We say it passed the test. But I want to explain something to you. The stronger the coffee, it's it's also how you make it. I'm going to give a little tip. Within, and I, I love this coffee, but look, to make it stronger, when you use your, uh, your filter, you fill that up. You say, how far? Yeah. As far as yeah. it will go. Yeah. And the less water you use – will be even stronger. And you can decide how, how far you want to go. So, but, but, but brown water is not coffee. No, it's <laughs> to just us. brown water. To brown us. water. Some people like brown water. Some people well, like I'll it light. I'm in these convenience stores, and I, uh, you know, I spit it out. And they're like, <laughs> what's wrong? And I'll, I took the filter out one time. They're like, hey, don't touch the filter. I was like, no, I just want to try to explain something to you. And they wouldn't let me. I was like, because you're barely putting a little coffee in here. Plus, it'd be great for their business. Well, they do the little presets. So here's what you want to do. You want to you want to join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. That's the best way to enjoy it. Uh, basically, you choose the amount you want, the blend you want. They're going to ship it to you free. Uh, that's what we do. That's why it shows up, and we love it. We love the coffee. Uh, we're calling it America's Coffee. I like it. So you go to blackriflecoffee.com, blackriflecoffee.com, slash fill. And fill yep. the filter up all the way and just try it. If you're going to be a, a bear, be a grizzly. So it's, yeah. it's slash fill, not F-I-L, but P-H-I-L. You're going to receive 20% off your first order uh, for any coffee product. So if you want to try it out before you join the club, that's cool. But you're going to love it because we've been drinking it, and we think it's fantastic. We're supporting veterans. It's a, it's a no-brainer. It's I mean, a, it's a people no-line. are selling coffee, and they're, they're heavily armed. Well, you you got to go with it. It's our kind the of guys. backbone of the country. And yeah. right now, after I drank that cup, and we did fill it up to the brim, I feel like I could run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> BlackRifleCoffee.com slash fill, 20% off. Check it out now. One, one, when, the, when the kingdom just before it was established in Acts chapter 2, after it blew in with a hurricane and a wind, it's a little insight here. The first thing said about the first 3,000 that heard the gospel, Jesus died, y'all put him to death by nailing him to a cross, but God has raised him from the dead. They'd been asking about the kingdom, what about the kingdom, what about the kingdom? And he's telling them, look, just wait right here. You'll receive power, and you'll start from here. And you'll begin to proclaim the kingdom of God in, in Jerusalem here, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This is going worldwide. It's interesting, the first 3,000, the first thing that said, and you fast forward to modern day and say, I wonder if that's still pertinent. 
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So it's a it's a it's a a message to the kingdom. Look, no matter what happens, just hold to what the apostles said, and I had them write it down. God said, I'm gonna have these guys write down. Matthew's gonna tell the story of my son, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He's they're he's they're telling my story. You get to the book of Acts, when the kingdom finally gets there, all these years of waiting on it. It gets there, and you say, what's the first thing they did? They made sure they were doing. Well, if you take an earthly kingdom, and the kingdom of God is operating within that earthly kingdom, say in uh, China, right now people would be stunned to see how many of God's people, they're in China. Oh, yeah. But the Chinese military and the authorities, they don't know where they are because they're hiding in their homes in little groups, and they're being very low, low, low profile. So you, they don't have big buildings with steeples on them. No, right. that's the first place they're coming. Yeah. But they're diffused throughout North Korea. They're there all, all over the world. They're there operating Within, in this case, uh, communist countries, dictators, in order to function, you have to do it quietly. But I you know, it's, it, ir- it's ironic, Dad. It's amazing. That's why you can't stamp it out. You can't get the head. The, That's well, they Jesus. They made it illegal to do that, but it actually turned out to be the best thing that could have ever happened for the church. You are correct. By it being illegal, because then you can't put a thumb on it. They you don't have, know where to look how, to how find you it. You know, uh, That's last... why in America we've gone way too far with identifying where we are because of our freedom. But right. but you, trust me, that French Revolution, you say, where's the first place, you know, that the French authorities, when they said, we're getting rid of this religion stuff, they all knew where to go, those big Catholic churches, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame and, all, yeah. and they killed them right there in the yard. They oh, yeah. knew where to go find them, yeah. mm-hmm. but that's not real good for they the kingdom of God. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, last week when we talked about kind of our view of the kingdom coming via the Holy Spirit being poured out. Being well, here, right. One of the predictions that Jesus said we didn't read last week was in John 3 when Nicodemus came up to him, and he's like, you know— I see that you're from God because nobody could do these miraculous signs. Of course, here's Nicodemus, a religious leader. He was a little embarrassed to be seen with him during the day. You know, he came at night. This is a religious, you know, heavyweight. But Jesus said something interesting. In reply, John 3, 3, I'll tell you the truth. He, he This terminology is what I want to zero in on. It says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, two verses later. They won't even know it's here. Yeah, Nicodemus, because he's like, what? No, Nicodemus got hung up on, because if somebody said that to you and you had no concept of what that phrase meant, and that this that was, Jesus introduced that, you know, we didn't later on. I've been born again. You know, that was Jesus. He said, well, how can I be born again? I'm, you know, a second time. I'm old. Can I get back inside my mother? Yeah, and so then, but then he uses Again, different terminology. Then Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom. You know, he first said no one can see it unless yep. they're born again. Well, that was a different, it's like what you're talking about. People that are born again 
Oh, you see the kingdom because no. you watch people who's also been born again. That's it, right. it, you can't get it down to a location like you were made up with the French You are Revolution. correct. Because God doesn't live in buildings. Acts 17, one of my most favorite verses. God you are does correct. not live in temples built by hands. So it's hard to see because then you have the hypocritical nature of human beings also. You know, just because someone's in a church building, that means nothing. No. He can be as far away from God, and we, we, we've proven that. So I thought it was interesting that he's like, you can't see it unless you're born again, and you can't enter it enter it unless he's born of water and the spirit which then goes to acts 2 what you said there's there's a couple of interesting things that happen when peter who had the keys of the kingdom matthew 16 yep. he then shares jesus well the the people listening the three thousand that you referred to said well what do we do well he then enters the same concept that jesus spoke to nicodemus about he said repent and be baptized we have water here. Yep. And you'll receive forgiveness of sins and you'll I mean you you for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it actually seems like it's the same principle of entering the kingdom, being born in water and spirit that he was referring to, that Jesus was referring to, which I believe it was. And look, here's what's amazing. Not only did they hold to the apostles' teaching, they to the fellowship, they met together. They didn't have church buildings. The, the Jews had synagogues, but these people didn't have any structures. Uh, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were amazed by what the apostles were doing, the miracles. They were together, had everything in common, so they knew where to find each other. They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need, which is a wonderful thing. Everyone was 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 loved. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together, had had meals together. They praised God, and at that point, the people were like, "Huh? Well, what do you know?" Well, add about, uh, and the Lord added to their number the ones that were being saved. You fast forward two thousand years, and you say. That would be the best way to roll out. Wherever you are, just offer your body, wherever you are, 24-7, 365 days a year, so that when people and offer your body to holiness, to what God has said, and look, when people see that, they see the kingdom of God. Well, and it's interesting because, as Jace was saying, the idea, there's a lot of people that say, I believe in a higher power. I believe in um, intelligent design. There's a lot of names they give to the That's Almighty, right. which is all good. I'm glad they do believe that. But there's a difference in in that general idea of there being something beyond the cosmos to a born again believer. And now you take somebody that's born again, the you you can see what others can't see, whether they believe in a higher that, power or not. That's right. So that's what you're describing that community. A perfect example is a few years ago I went to I went to Africa. And I wound up getting stuck in this airport at three in the morning. Um, I got to catch another flight some other place. And I'm like, I go in the airline, just, you know, went kaput. You know, you know, you think here, you go in, you say, hey, I, need, I got a Delta flight. Yeah, Delta just went out of business yesterday. That's what happens in Africa. So that's where I'm at. And I'm thinking, man, this is, this is not good for Al. I'm traveling by myself. Yeah. So I had one number of a brother 
who was one of our speakers for One Kingdom. And I called him up. I've never met him. I called him up, and his name was Arnold. I said, Arnold, I said, this is your brother Alan from the U.S. I said, I'm here. I'm stuck in the airport. I said, I can get no flight, and they all speak French. And, and, <laughs> and he spoke French, but luckily for me, he also spoke English. He said, brother, I'll be right there. So he didn't tell me where to meet him, nothing. He just said, I'll be right there. This is a huge, big airport. So I walk outside, you know, after a little bit, I'm looking around. It's just getting daylight. And I'm looking at all these faces, and the country is in Senegal. It's 98% Muslim. You know, so I'm looking at all these people, and they're looking, and, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're in another country. So I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm you're, looking around. You're standing out. <laughs> it, it, right. I'm staying the day. I don't know if I'm ever getting out of here. I'm looking at all these faces, and it looks like, from my mindset, everybody's wanting to get a piece of owl. Whatever I got, everybody wants it. It's like I'm looking at ravaging wolves in my mind. But look, I'm looking and looking, 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 and I was like, well, there's my guy. I mean, hundreds of people were out there, but there was one guy that was just smiling, looked like he didn't want anything from me, and I didn't know. I'd never met this man. I walked over to him. I said, are you Brother Allen? He said, I am. Are you Brother Allen? I said, I am. He said, come to my house. We'll take care of all this. Pretty cool. I mean, you think about it. How yeah. did I know out of a sea of 100 faces that was my brother? But that's what mm -hmm. happens with the idea of born again. I knew that guy didn't yeah. want anything from me. I want to read. And in fact, he put me up overnight and got me fixed up. Huh. I want to read this in Paul's letter to the Romans. You know, he goes in Romans 13. He talks about God establishing the authorities, like you said, and we have a role, even though we're under that authority that God set up for for peace and justice and, and the laws of the land. An argument had developed in Romans 14 about matters of eating and drinking and trying to follow man's law with keeping God's law in mind. But he gets down to the end, which is my point about, about seeing this kingdom. In Romans 14 and verse 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. That's what people have to see, or they'll never see the kingdom of God. That's right. Never Unless there's a difference. Look, if they see individuals, look around, the 320 million of us on, planet, on in the United States, well, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. So if they see coming out of a man or a woman, Galatians sex, 5, 19. sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, I'm telling all y'all, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're like, that's not them. That's not who they are. Keep looking. Well, when you see the ones just below that, but the fruit of the Spirit, when they see love, oh, is it needed. Look at America. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You say, against those things, the Apostle Paul adds, there's no law, meaning when you see that kind of behavior, you you can spot anybody. 
All you have to do, Al, is just observe their behavior. Yep. He's fixing to tell you a story That's right. on who he is. That's right. It's that simple. It is. <clears throat> and you we need to implement it. that more and more and get out of this idea. If I go to church, you're like, go to church. Nowhere in the Bible does that phrase exist, going to church, go to church. church we are goes. the church. The king is <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are members of the kingdom, and we're known for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It has to be there. You know, what's interesting is that when Jesus left here, remember we talked about this before, he was talking about the kingdom of God to his disciples. The Holy Spirit comes, they, they you know, the first believers begin to happen right there on the day of Pentecost. But, you know, Jesus told him, he said, I want you to start here in Jerusalem but I want you to go to Judea, Samaria, and he's now describing the region and everywhere on the earth. Go. Go. And therefore, the kingdom is going to be everywhere. Well, guess what? We get all the way over to Acts chapter 8 and 9. Nobody went anywhere. They were still all right there. So time is passing because everybody loves being together, kind of what you're describing. Yep. So guess what happened? A major persecution breaks out against the church, and guess what happened? They, went. they had but to. You know, it's interesting. Acts 1, remember when they said, are you now going to restore the kingdom of Israel? What was right. that, verse 6 or 7? Yeah. Because they thought, like a lot of people in our world today, that this was some kind of physical thing. Like the kingdom of God is going to be this attack where like a war breaks the out. The tallest we, building on earth with the tallest steeple. And the, the the greatest glitter. I mean, this is going to be the biggest structure ever built by anybody. But well, we're reading these verses, and it's a, it's all it's fruits of the spirit. That's why we can be three brothers sitting on the side of a hill here in Washtenaw Parish. Then I mentioned my brother Arnold, who's right now on the other side of the world teaching people in Senegal or somebody in China, Red China. Or somewhere else, we're all members of the kingdom of God. Give your life to God. Obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do what Peter said. Repent and be baptized. You'll get receive God's spirit. You say, so where do I go now? You say, you don't have to go anywhere. Just be out and about. And when people run up on you, they're like, hmm. So you invite people to your home. You serve a little meal. You talk to them about Jesus. You point them to the Savior of the world, the King. And you explain to them what the kingdom is, you being a member of it. And you say, and you offer a prayer. You remember his death, burial, resurrection. And you say, is it that simple? It's that simple. And we go. You know, one of my, when I went to the, to the uh, Billy Graham, to the Cove and went to Billy Graham's office, there's a lot of pictures of there, him with presidents and really impressive stuff. You and I have both seen it. But my favorite picture was one of him standing at a, at a pulpit with his Bible open. And so he's preaching Jesus. There's a interpreter standing up on a box next to him, a little bit short people. So he's got to get up tall next to him. And in front of him, they're at an airport in front of him. There are 1.1 million South Koreans that he's preaching Jesus to. This is back in the seventies, I guess. But I, you know, as a preacher, as someone who's up in front of people, I just thought, what an opportunity. I mean, in one setting, he was able to preach over a million people. The fruit at of one his time. labor is still there. It's South still there. Korea. This is exactly right. Which is how the kingdom is spread. That's how it spread. You know, you know it's amazing when you tell that story. When I went to the Ukraine, we, uh, of course, this is I'm going back 25 years ago, 
And uh, one day we need to tell that story on the podcast. <laughs> I have plenty of stories, but you know, we get I go to fly into Moscow. I mean, they were like, you know, the wall has been torn down. We can now share Jesus in there. So the American missionary went over there, and he's you know started house churches and and it was a humanitarian effort right so they were like bring your own food and so we got over there for a month but on the way from moscow to the ukraine when we got into the ukraine we were going to get on a plane and they were like sorry the plane we can't fly in the plane so we're like what they're like no fuel because no Ukraine was like a third world country. Ran out of so gas. We're like, what do we what do we do? <laughs> and so old Mike, you know, you know yeah. Mike, he's like, I guess we take a train. So I get on this train for twenty something hours, but what happened is now we have no way to coordinate. Our guys think he's going to the airport, you know. Yeah, because you can't tell. And we couldn't get this a hotel. Pre cell phone. Yeah, pre cell phone. Yeah. It's twenty five years ago. And so we're on this train and it's like zero degrees outside and it's like a hundred inside. It's one of the most miserable 20 hour rides I've ever taken. And, uh, we're stopping ever so often. Well, we don't even know where to get off. <laughs> it's just crazy. And so we pulled in at a stop and Mike said, I think that's our guy. And so we're like, you know, he started hollering English and, and then he responds back. I mean, there's like, you said, there's hundreds of people around. I'm like, how did you pick, pick that American out at this train stop? It was just so weird of a happening. It seemed borderline miraculous, you know? So we all, the train starts moving. So we all jump off the train because this is our guy and we're headed, you know, who knows if we don't get off the train where we're headed. And so I literally, Jumped off the train, hit the snow and ice. We roll around. We're all looking around. And then well, the other Mike that was on the trip said, we didn't get our bags. Because if we were in such a hurry to get off the plane, we all left our bag. So we look at the plane and there's some some Ukrainians. They're holding our bags up like, we can't understand what they're saying. I'm like, them doggone rascals. <laughs> Because they were laughing like, hey, your bag in Russian. <laughs> I was like, man, they got our stuff, but who cares? We're alive with American. And then they were like, oh, they're asking us if we wanted to throw Chuck the bag. Yeah, the train's picking up some speed. So they started chucking those bags they would hit and just explode. <laughs> All our stuff just. <laughs> and I was like, it's one of the weirdest things that happened in my life. And I'm not sure if that we could sing the kingdom. I just thought that was just a strange thing. It was almost you. like God Same intervened. Yeah. And here's this guy in it. Because the country, like you said, was so miserable. It was in such miserable conditions. And that's what Mike had said. He said, you know, he was the only one that didn't have a frown on his face. But it's so weird when you tell that story because I immediately, that story popped in my head. And I thought, you know, no matter what happens, there's a joy that comes from the Holy Spirit yeah. of God that you get when you're born again that really in certain aspects of life when you're doing something for God. Because we, I mean, look, they said it's going to be rough. That's the only time in my life where I've ever known what it is to be hungry. Yeah. You know, because we ran out of food because I looked at the people. I knew I was coming home to America. And I looked at the people and I thought, they need this more than I do. And so you just got to a point where you just ran out of food. You gave away all your food. Yep. And so the last five days, I was like, I knew what it was to be hungry. Yeah. I mean, we, we started bickering with each other. You couldn't help it. You was hungry, you know? 
And they had uh, a little Lord of the Flies thing working there with, so the, I had, with the mission know, the, team. The exchange rate in the Ukraine was like seven hundred and fifty to one. So I'm look, I'm carrying around my money fill in a box on my shoulder. Basically with a sign saying, Kill me, I have a box full of money. <laughs> and when we we hit Moscow, they had the world's largest McDonald's there. And I hadn't eaten in five days anything <laughs> substantial. So I bought my way to the front of the line, just handing people Because there's money. a long line of oh, people. Oh, there's a long line. And when I got up to the front, I just set all my money down there. And I'm like, okay. This was back to your teenage years. Whatever's, whatever I can get in that box, that's what I want. I want to feed. And McDonald's I, oh. where it was the epicenter of fine dining. I was like, I want you to keep those burgers coming and I want to buy whatever this will buy for everybody behind me. So how many of these Ukrainians, Ukrainians and the Russians did y'all win while you were there? Well, what's interesting did is... Did you plant the we, seed and get it going? Here's what happened. We shared Jesus with hundreds of people. We would... Uh, we, how did they take that overall? You know, we put up a sign. This was the... the uh, Been the, under communism, you know, for 75 yeah. years, whatever. Good people. I loved them. I mean, I... I here recently, you know, when the bomb, when they started bombing, uh, they the bomb hit in Gerlovka, which was the town where I was at. And when I went to the internet and looked at all the news media, I literally walked down that road where the bomb hit, which it, it, I was kind of overcome with emotion because I got a lot of friends there, you know, yeah. who came to the Lord. But uh, what happened was— So y'all did win a certain percentage of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to explain to you what happened. The, uh, the American— missionary something while we were there happened to his wife which is another reason why we got hungry so he leaves so basically it's me and my two guys we don't even have a liaison we're just in a country that we don't know and we lost our american missionary but his his idea for sharing jesus was there were three english-speaking universities in the whole country where they, they go to college to learn english well we put up a sign and you know the diagram that the guy who brought you to the Lord came up with. We had yep. the air, we put a sign up at that at that university with an arrow pointing down, with a cross, with a tomb, with an arrow pointing up, and with the arrow coming back. And we we put on there, learn this language from three Americans. And the the university gave us a two hour slot every day. So look, I, I said, this is what y'all think. I was like, because I was thinking our universities, I thought, ain't nobody going to show up. And they said, no, they, they, they're fascinated by Americans. They wouldn't let you talk about Jesus no, in our universities. You'd never be able to post that. But no. you got to remember, they, they came in there to learn English. They're there to learn English. Right. So, well, how, how better to learn English from Americans? So that was kind of the draw. So look, we put that sign up. An hour later, we had a first class. I walked in. It was standing room only. And I mean, I, I was overcome with emotion because I thought these people have no idea what they're fixing to hear. That's right. So I got up and I shared Jesus for two hours every day. And it would be a whole new crowd, a whole new crowd. And so then our next move was they were fascinated with basketball. There was only two or three gyms in the whole country. And one of them was at that university. So us, the three Americans, we, we'd go down there and play basketball. They had rubber rims, which I thought was interesting. You either, you either had nothing but net, or this thing bounced and like went into the, off the. What roof. you're saying is the <laughs> the rims. downside of 
socialism slash communism was very evident. Oh, it was ter- it was terrible. So let me f- finish up what happened with the basketball. Well, they were so amazed at how well we played that people started showing up. And by the by the time we left, there were hundreds of people coming to watch us play. And so what we would do started off, we would be three Americans against three Ukrainians, but they were so terrible. We just said, we don't care how many you get. So it basically got to where it was us three against a mob. <laughs> and look, they didn't have the concept of dribbling. They're running with the ball, but it was fun. And so then we would invite them to our little apartments and flats and we or to our class, and we would share Jesus. So we, we didn't baptize a whole lot of people because it was tough to find some water you know, but a lot of people made professions of faith and, and, uh, and said so they were going to put a lot their of faith seeds. in Jesus. But look, here's what happened to finish this story. Well, a, a crew came in after we left, another crew, and they brought hundreds to the Lord. And they were like, we can't figure out where all these people came from. But I, we, I knew, I was like, oh, we planted the seed That's through right. those basketball games, through those classes. Cause then, and then the, the church took off. So, you know, you go in stages, and here are these people that were, you know, trying to find something to eat. They found Jesus through that experience. It was an awesome experience. But it was the same thing we're talking about here. We we brought the most powerful thing on the planet. We brought, we brought the Spirit of God through the introduction yep. of Jesus. Right. And those people, despite their conditions, they became the most powerful people on the planet. They knew their sins were removed. They knew why they were here. And no matter what happened to them, if they died of starvation, they knew they was going to live forever and be a part of God's eternal kingdom. And that's what we try to convey, the difference in our theology and our principles than a lot of religious people. It's not a physical thing. Being a part of the kingdom ensures you of of everlasting life because you have that spirit. But it also, you show the fruits of it in a country that desperately needed hope. Yep. So interesting. Well, so uh, <clears throat> who knew that 25 years later, Ukraine would be right at the forefront of every political discussion? Oh that well, I believe that <laughs> happened because when we were there, see, now I believe there's a lot of spirit filled people there. And I believe that's why the persecution came. There's no doubt in my mind hmm. because I saw a spark and a fire take off as far as among the people with Jesus. And now I'm thinking, well, I wonder why there's so much problem and Ukraine is, is in the news so much. And I'm thinking, you know what? I think it's because of the spiritual aspect mm. of it. People but nobody would know that. I mean, this is breaking news at least, from Jace. At least <laughs> but, there are some who are trying to weed out the corruption that comes right. from a that's no right. God for 75 years. To fight it off. So, so we'll yep. talk about that uh, Next time on Unashamed, we'll expand that out a little bit more and talk about it. So, good stuff. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes, and it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.